straight up the play. I'm gonna make a move. Before the first beer of the tailgate is cracked, before the fans swarm the stands, and before the Hawkeyes take the field, KGYM Sports Radio breaks down this weekend's Iowa football game. This is Before the Boom. Before the Boom. Here's your host, Spencer Wagan. Back again, the third to last. I don't know why I'm thinking of lasts, but we are back once again for the Before the Boom podcast. The season is winding down fast. Just three games left. We'll preview them all here on this uh, Before the Boom podcast here from KGYM. Spencer Wagan, my name. Hi to the folks watching on the uh, KGYM Facebook page. Uh, I am the host of Spencer on Sports Weekdays from 2 until 3 o'clock here on the gym. Scott Unash and Mark Dukes across the way. They are the hosts of the gym class, weekdays from 3 until 4. And then to my right, the one, the only, the man with the hat, Mr. Todd Brommelkamp. I may not have to eat it. You might not have to eat it after what we saw last week. Fingers crossed. And what could happen over the next three weeks of Iowa Hawkeye football. We may talk about the hat. We may not talk about the hat this week, but he is uh, one half of the Todd Brommelkamp show with Alex Kuhn from 4 until 6 weekdays here on KGYM. It's Iowa and Wisconsin this week, my friends. It's it's going to be fun. It's going to be like 30-something degrees at kickoff at Kinnick Stadium. Old-fashioned, hard nose, smack you in the mouth. Big Ten November football set up for this uh, this Saturday, and we'll get into the matchup here, which has been pretty one sided uh, for the last uh, uh, several years. Wisconsin has uh, they, that that bull has taken up residency, kind of like the pig has taken up residency in, in the Cyhawk Trophy until this year, I guess, it had taken up residency in in Iowa City. The Bull knows Wisconsin more than it knows Iowa City of late, and we'll talk about that coming up in just a few minutes. But guys, we got to start. Iowa goes into Purdue and wins, going away 24-3, to an impressive performance all around. The defense uh, shutting down a high-flying Purdue offense. The Iowa offense, and Caleb Johnson in particular, uh, having a fantastic day. Uh, Todd, you were there. You were in the stands, uh, braving the, the wind in West Lafayette. Uh in general, guys, impressive victory. Are you as surprised as I am at the outcome of that contest last week? <laughs> uh, yes and no. Yes and no. Um, you knew Iowa's defense was going to come through. No doubt about that. Uh, they played another exemplary game. They've been playing just great all year. Um, another. We were kind of waiting to see how the Iowa offense would do against you know somebody not named Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Um, since the the bye week, since the Ohio State Michigan back to back, did a good job. And Caleb Johnson is running back one right now, uh, true freshman for this Hawkeye football team, and he continues to do great things. Two hundred yards. Offensive line was very very good. Um, I was helped up more times Saturday than Charlie Jones was. <laughs> <laughs> I have to agree with uh, the head coach, Kirk Ferentz. Uh, Iowa's most complete game of the year. Uh, I don't think there's much question about that. But a lot of us had yeah, maybe reservations after that Northwestern game because it was Northwestern. Mm-hmm. There were encouraging signs for the Iowa offense and duplicated the performance um, the Hawkeyes did at Purdue. And it's two straight excellent first halves for the Iowa Hawkeyes. And Spencer Petrus was uh, very good. And 
Now you're you're down to three trophy games, and five and seven is still in play. Eight and four is still in play. A Big Ten West championship. Uh, it's not going to be easy starting Saturday. Todd, what did you see from the stands in West Lafayette? Oh, I, I saw a pretty good game plan put in place, given the conditions and the wind. And you can play football in a lot of conditions, rain, snow, sleet. Wind is the one real equalizer. And I think you saw Purdue continue to try to throw the football a little bit further downfield than maybe they should have. Iowa, after a little bit of a rough start in the first quarter, there was that one drive. Uh, Spencer Petrus missed an open receiver. Brian Ferentz was jawing with him on the sidelines. They had a great game plan. Short passing game, run the football, and it worked for them. Now, if you would have told me last week going into West Lafayette that Purdue would only put three points on the board, I don't think I would have believed you. So a very good all-around football game and reason to reason to feel optimistic about this Iowa football team in the month of November. Caleb Johnson named the Big Ten's uh, Offensive Player of the Week and the Freshman of the Week. 22 carries, 200 yards. Uh, he had that 75-yard touchdown run on the, the second play of the second half. Uh, Spencer Petrus, another solid game. Not his, like, you know, not the best game he's ever played, but 13 of 23, 192 yards, two touchdowns, and more importantly, no mistakes. And and especially in a game where, where the elements are a factor. Right, guys? Like, Throwing into the wind, you know, a little bit, of, a little bit of trepidation there, but they got the job done. The defense came to play. Charlie Jones got the receptions that we thought he might have, but he was really the only guy that they targeted. He had what nineteen targets? Nineteen, 19 targets. The next closest guy had four. And Payne Durham, their star tight end, who I, mm. I know some of us talked about on our shows during the week. He was pretty much ineffective. He had two catches uh, for like 35 yards. Tyrone Tracy was Tyrone Tracy had one rush for five yards, and uh, I don't think he caught a pass. In fact, one of the passes intended for him was picked off by Kayvon Merriweather in the game. So uh, all around uh, a solid performance, a solid carryover, Mark, like you said. uh, You know, you play Northwestern, the the worst team in the Big Ten, a team that very well could be sitting at at 0-9 right now uh, if they don't... uh, don't uh, come back and win that game against Nebraska. You had your questions of, hey, is this is this a one-week kind of thing? Is this a mirage, or is this going to carry over? And so far it's carried over, and now we're, we're, we're really going to see if this carries over because Wisconsin is, uh, uh, I think, a much better team uh, at this point than, uh, than Purdue. Records are kind of similar, but I think Wisconsin is playing some better football at this point. It is. Uh, it has won two in a row, and uh, identical record to Iowa. Uh, very good defense. The, these teams often mirror one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as you outlined, Spencer, this has been a series dominated by Wisconsin in recent years, winning five of six and eight of ten. And how much that plays into Iowa's motivation, it shouldn't need much motivation because uh, a lot is still in play <clears throat> for this team. But uh, I've said all along the offensive line, uh, is going to make or break this team. And early in the season, it was breaking them. And the last two games, the line has come together. Moving Colby to left guard, I think, was really good. Jack Plum out at right tackle, I think, is uh, showed just fine. Um, but can I put three games in a row together? <laughs> Saturday. 
we're we're going to find out. That, that that's for sure. Uh, you mentioned uh, uh, this this Big Ten West race, uh, and like you said, Mark, everything is still on the table. It, it's kind of been muddied a little bit. Illinois is still in the driver's seat. And we'll get to the rest of the Big Ten schedule because there's a pretty big matchup between two uh, West Division teams this week. But Illinois still sits atop at four and two, seven and two. But then you got that four-way tie that I was a part of at three and three, and five and four. Wisconsin also three and three, five and four. Purdue also three and three, five and four. While Minnesota sits at three and three, they have won six games, so the Gophers will for sure be going uh, bowling here. Uh, but it all comes down to. Trophy games, uh, you know, Iowa's uh, had Minnesota's number. They've had Nebraska's number in the next two games uh, that, that follow this one. But Wisconsin is one of those teams that, uh, for whatever reason, that Iowa just can't get past uh, can't get past uh, the Badgers. And the, the two wins in that series or in this series so far, uh, you look back to uh, uh, the last time there was a winning streak, uh, which I guess is two games of winning streak if we – Lou out. Brown said three. Okay, so it's so. not really even a streak, but 2008, 2009, Iowa won back-to-back games there. Go back to 2010, that, that fake punt game at Kinnick Stadium, the 31-30 loss really turned the tide. Iowa's only won twice since that loss. Uh, the 2015 win up at Camp Randall uh, with uh, Desmond King having a couple picks there, a 10-6 victory. And then the 2020 season in which Wisconsin uh, had a number of issues. Graham Mertz was playing poorly. Uh, couldn't run the football. Iowa able to get things done with a 28-7 victory uh, at uh, Kinnick Stadium. But last year, the tables were turned. And Iowa reeling coming off that loss to Purdue uh, when they were the number two team in the country. Went up to Madison and got thoroughly dominated, losing by 20 points. So, honestly, who knows what's going to happen in this game. Uh, you know, the cold weather may be... An equalizer, but that's I feel like is the kind of game, the kind of weather, the kind of conditions that both these teams want. They want to run the football, and uh, thirty-two degrees at kickoff. I feel like is going to be a going to be a very uh, very good condition uh, for both of those teams to do just that. Which quarterback is going to play better? I think that's a big question, uh, and that has something to do with the offensive line, obviously. But mm-hmm. you know, for all the fun I've had with Graham Mertz, trademark over the years. <laughs> Uh, you look at him, he's played pretty well as of late. He's got 17 touchdown passes. Yeah. Um, not played not played bad this year for Wisconsin. And uh, Allen's going to go over 1,000 yards unless something very odd happens uh, in the game. So, you know, you got to stop the run. That's the first thing. But put the Badgers or the Badgers putting the Hawkeyes behind the chains. First down's going to be very important because both these teams do not operate well on third down and long. So whoever wins first down and whichever quarterback plays better, I think are going to have the advantage today. You mentioned Graham Mertz, and uh, we can dive into the the, the Paul Christ uh, dismissal uh, midway through the season, and and Jim Leonard stepping in. But uh, Wisconsin is three and one uh, since uh, since deciding to move on from Paul Christ, naming Jim Leonard as the interim coach. You mentioned Graham Mertz, Scott. Uh, in that stretch, that four-game stretch, the three wins and the one loss, he's thrown nine touchdowns and one interception. Uh, and you mentioned 17 touchdowns. That's actually second in the league uh, for for the Big Ten this season. So, like for for all for all the the negative publicity he's taken, especially over the last couple of years, you look at 2020. He had the really hot start, uh, and then everything. Uh, everything kind of went down for him, uh, dealing with the you know, the virus and all that stuff uh, w- with the 2020 season. 
2021, he was a liability. Uh, it was essentially, hey, if the Badgers want to win these games, they, they should really put Braylon Allen at quarterback because he was the best offensive player they had. But now he's playing well. He's had, got some uh, got some weapons uh, that that he can throw to. I know they've been dealing with some some health issues at tight end, but uh, they they've been playing well under Jim Leonard. They've responded to him, and uh, this isn't this isn't the greatest time for Iowa to be playing Wisconsin because if he wanted to win in this rivalry, I feel like uh, Iowa should have played them a little bit earlier in the season, but. There's nothing you can do about that. So uh, you, you play them uh, where they are. It, it's been interesting to see this uh, this 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 Wisconsin team this season. Uh, obviously, starting off, uh, you know their non-conference slate was not not great. Uh, playing Illinois State, that lost to Washington State, started to scratch some heads. A big win over New Mexico State, but then consecutive blowout losses to Ohio State at Illinois. That's when uh, the administration up there. Uh, decided to move on from from Paul Christ and, and put Jim Leonard uh, as the interim coach, and all signs it seems like pointing towards uh, him getting the uh, getting the full time job here at the end of the season, depending on how they finish, obviously. But uh, Todd, this Badger team, I feel like has uh, has turned a corner and really responded well. Like I said earlier, I think I think firing Paul Christ was a little bit of a wake up call. Uh, Jim Leonard, I think most people have viewed him as the coach in waiting there in quite some time and I still don't know whether it made sense for them to fire Paul Christ when they did. It still seems a little un Wisconsin like, un Big Ten like, but that's <clears throat> that's where we're at now in college football and they've responded well to Jim Leonard and there's continuity there. I think uh, you you see that in the way that they played here, as you mentioned, three and one in the four games that he has been in charge and he's certainly very familiar with Iowa and so I think the game plan for, for this game on Saturday is going to be very similar to those games uh, that you ran down earlier where, where Wisconsin has had the edge here. But uh, I'm very interested to see, you know, Kirk Ferentz talked a little bit on Tuesday about the fact that they don't look a whole lot different under Jim Leonard than they did under Paul Christ, and I think that's by design. Guys, uh, Scott and Mark, what have you seen from uh, Wisconsin and in, in taking a look at them this season, uh, the games you've seen from them? Uh, obviously, uh, uh, kind of a tale of two seasons at this point, uh, the the uh, with Chris and without Chris uh, up there in Madison. Gaining momentum, and uh, Todd's quite right about Jim Leonard. Uh, I think he's maybe playing for that head coaching position permanently. Um, Spencer, you mentioned not a great time for Iowa to be playing Wisconsin. I think the reverse is true as well. Mm, yeah. Maybe not a great time to, for yeah. Wisconsin to be playing Iowa. And to Scott's point about the quarterbacks, uh, spot on. If Petrus can continue to do what he's done the last two games, uh, putting up 28.5 points a game and nearly 400 yards in total offense, that's going to be big. If Mertz continues to play very well, that's going to be a problem as well because you got Braylon Allen and a couple other running backs for Wisconsin who are really tough. Although Iowa's strong against uh, the run. I think part of Wisconsin's success in recent years has been Iowa turnovers. Yes, Iowa has not had a turnover the last two games, but it has quite a few in this series recently. True. True, and uh, it's interesting. These two teams kind of—I mean—they mirror each other in so many different ways, and it's almost a year that has mirrored one another 
for these two teams. The only difference is Wisconsin pulled the trigger as far as the uh, the very uh, you know big coaching uh, change right there. And I think a lot of that has to do, like you said, Jim Leonard was being looked at by a lot of people. Yeah, he was the guy in waiting, but how long does he have to wait? He turned down the Packers' defensive coordinator Indeed. job last year. And Sometime there was going to be a job that came along right. that he could not turn down. And I think that played a part in uh, Paul Christ uh, being shown the door right there. But yeah, you mentioned, you know, how many people wanted Cooper DeGene to be in the Wildcat? Well, Wisconsin had their, let's put Braylon Allen uh, <laughs> back there all the time. They do put him in the Wildcat quite a bit, but still, um, they wanted him back there. So, you know, the similarities just go right on down the line. You know, check boxes, check boxes. And uh, that's what makes this such a great uh, and intense rivalry uh, over the years. Mark, you brought up turnovers, and Scott Docterman at The Athletic, I, I feel like I quote him all the time on this podcast, my show, and uh, but he does a great job and deserves the credit. He did kind of a breakdown of how this series has played out. In the last five seasons for Iowa against uh, the Badgers, they are minus three in the turnover column, and nine of Wisconsin's 16 touchdowns uh, during those five games came after Iowa turnovers. You look at last year's game alone, uh, he had a fumble at the one-yard line, a strip sack at the eight-yard line of Spencer Petrus, and then uh, Max Cooper uh, muffing a punt. Three, three, uh, three turnovers there. That if Iowa holds on to the ball, who knows what happens? Obviously, you know the chances of them still losing that game pretty high, but maybe they don't lose by twenty points. I don't know how how things play out, but minus three over the past five games in the turnover ratio. Uh, is is not uh, not a winning formula to say the very least. We we have hard hitting analysis like that on the podcast to 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 win the game. You got to you got to secure the football, don't you, Todd? Yeah, and, and Kirk talked about that on Tuesday. I mean, it was very clear he did not beat around the bush. Turnovers. They feel like they've struggled in this series because they've turned the ball over, and you cannot give Wisconsin an opportunity or more opportunities to beat you than they would normally have. And the, the numbers there speak for themselves. So I think the key to the game on Saturday for Iowa is taking care of the football. Like you said, real deep, uh, deep cutting, hard analysis there. But as long as Iowa doesn't make mistakes, they're going to have an opportunity to win that football game. Offensive line play, the Badgers defense, uh, obviously with a defensive-minded interim coach, possibly, you know, uh, assuming, I, knowing what I know, being the guy from Wisconsin in the room here, I feel like he's... He's gonna he's gonna get the job. I would be stunned if he did not. Uh, I don't see anybody else that could come out of left field. Maybe a Lance Leipold, but I don't think he uh, is is even on the radar because the UW administration wants to uh, wants to keep him uh, keep Jim Leonard uh, in house. But that's another topic. Obviously, a defensive minded interim coach. He's run this defense. He knows Iowa well, and he knows how to scheme against them. And I, I'm. Wisconsin always has a bag of tricks, don't they? Like that they, they like to do different twists and stunts and blitz and uh, confuse the heck out of the offensive line and and try to make it uh, try to make it uh, unpleasant for the opposing quarterback. And I feel like that's a big key, big key too. And again, hard hitting analysis. The offensive line has to continue playing well uh, on Saturday against a Wisconsin defense that yeah they've had some some issues this season. Uh, they've given up some points, but uh, they've. They've they've still been the Wisconsin defense uh, that uh, that has uh, been a pretty solid unit. The numbers are still good, yeah, for Wisconsin. I mean, they're number twenty one in the country against the rush, twenty third overall. Uh, they're only giving up three hundred twenty five yards, and it, the Iowa offense it 
gets over 325, you got to be feeling pretty good about how this is going to play out uh, in the game coming up on Saturday. But, you know, like you said, it's a it's a Wisconsin defense that does things a little bit different than what Phil Parker does. Um, they tweak things. A little bit more modern look to this defense, but they both get the job done, and, you know, it, points are going to be at a premium. There's no doubt. Nick Herbig, the linebacker, the big name that uh, folks should watch out for. Eight sacks and 12 and a half tackles for loss. Another guy uh, you've heard me talk about on, on Spencer on Sports, but I know you guys have mentioned uh, probably too, John Torchio. Five picks. Torchio has not been getting torched in the secondary. Ha <laughs> ha, see what you I did there? Who, who was going to do that first? <laughs> it was Spencer. <laughs> it's me, it's me. John Torchio, five interceptions. He had two against Purdue, including a pick six that really helped them uh, tip that game. Uh, you talk about how the Iowa defense played uh, Aiden O'Connell and Purdue last week. I mean, uh, the Badger defense, uh, they were able to force Aiden O'Connell into three interceptions, return one for a score in a, in a tight game, 35-24. We talk about turnovers being a key for Iowa against the Wisconsin defense. The Wisconsin defense wants to force uh, those turnovers, and they've done so uh, in key moments, especially in a in an a important division battle like we saw against Purdue. When was the last time Wisconsin didn't have a stud linebacker? <laughs> Before pre-Barry Alvarez, I would think. Dave I McClain? Mean, a, We're going back to Dave yeah, McClain? I, we might, yeah. It's a recurring theme for Wisconsin. T.J. Watt. It's yeah. a big part of their... Their defense. There's no no doubt about it. Um, I don't know what to hang my hat on for this game. Really, I think the quarterback play is an interesting analysis. The turnovers certainly, uh, but this is not a bad Wisconsin defense, and we know it's not a bad Iowa defense. So, like you said, Scott, points at a premium. First down, first down is going to be huge for both teams. The team that gets the most first downs. Well, no, first down. On first oh, down. Oh, on first down. Gotcha. Yeah. Each team first on down first success. down. success. You don't want second down and nine. You don't want third and 12. Right. You don't want anything like that. Stay ahead of the chains. I think it comes down to time of possession. Mm-hmm. I think, I think mm-hmm. if, if one team can keep the other's defense on the field for a sustained drive or drives, 80 yards, 75 yards, <clears throat> whichever defense tires out first is, I think, going to swing the momentum in this game. Wisconsin, we know, wants to run the football. Braylon Allen uh, had a left shoulder sprain uh, and was dealing with that last week uh, against Maryland. Still had over 100 yards. Isaac Garendo, his backup. Uh, Ches Malusi, the transfer from Clemson, another injury this season, so it's two years in a row he's he's been hurt. But Isaac Garendo has stepped in, uh, had a 54-yard touchdown run against Purdue, had an 89-yarder last week against Maryland. Uh, Maryland, uh, you know, people are saying, well, the Wisconsin defense shut down Maryland. It was downpouring yeah. in Madison last week. So I think if, if dry conditions are, are a factor, I think Maryland scores a few more points in there. I uh, don't know if they win outright at Camp Randall, but uh, uh, the weather certainly impacted that game. But uh, those two names, Allen and Garendo, they are two really good running backs. The Iowa defense has to uh, has to uh, has to shut down. And like we illustrated with Graham Mertz, he's playing well. He's got some uh, got some uh, key receivers, uh, Skylar Bell and Chibere DK. Two, How long two has guys. DK been there? This is <laughs> year three. For him, I seems think, like he's too. been there eight years. Speedster from Waukesha, Wisconsin. He's he's a solid receiver. He's really come on. Of course, they made an offensive uh, change with Bobby Engram coming in. 
uh, at uh, the offensive coordinator position that was before Paul Christ uh, uh, was shown the door. But uh, uh, it's not as simple as stop the run and you win the game. I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm right in saying that because Graham Mertz, you know, for all the jokes that we've uh, we've we've had about him on our airwaves, all the heat he's taken, he he is playing pretty well. I think you have to make Mertz beat you. Yeah. I mean, Allen and Granda both had over 100 yards last week. Granted, that 89-yarder contributed contributed quite a bit mm-hmm. uh, for Garendo, but uh, I say stop the run first and make Graham Mertz beat you. Which team goes out of eight in the box first? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's going to be a big sign. Uh, uh, I agree. I agree. You can't let the best guy on the other team beat you. Spencer Petras asked earlier this week about facing Wisconsin. Here's what uh, Iowa's QB number one had to say. Yeah, I think, um, you know, primarily, you know, just looking back at, at 2020, our, our most successful offensive, you know, year against them uh, or game against them in, in the um, recent, you know, memory. Just thought we ran the ball effectively and we were able to hit some big plays, uh, which is important against this defense because um, they're, they're very stout. They're very hard to run against. Um, you know, they're, they're very... I'd say similar to our defense in a sense of that you have to earn it all the way up and down the field. They're not going to beat themselves. They're not going to blow coverage. They're not going to leave anyone wide open. You got to you got to execute on them. Uh, you got to execute every play down the field if you if you expect to score points. Um, so it's a challenge, you know. But, but that's that's uh, what a great challenge. You know, you, you can't ask for much more. Um, playing a really good defense, going to be in front of a great crowd. Uh, you know, at home it'll be fun. Spencer Petras swaying in earlier this week in Iowa City talking about taking the Iowa offense up against a strong Wisconsin defense. We'll get our predictions here in just a few moments. want to remind everyone out there listening or watching that uh, before the boom, the season brought to you by Edith Lucille's Bait Shack and Wing Depot. They are a hidden treasure on the banks of Squaw Creek. Got down-home meals for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. A great Friday night special of seasoned prime rib that's been smoking all day long. Also have a Saturday night special smoked barbecue brisket. You can try that as well. For great food and hospitality and a rustic, family-friendly atmosphere, come to Edith Lucille's Bait Shack and Wing Depot. They've got carryout for you available, too. You can find their menu at baitshackfun.com. This uh, point spread, Todd, you're, you're, the, you're the, the, the betting guy in the studio here. Wisconsin, as of uh, recording time, a one-point favorite. The total, about 35. I think it's at 35 at Circa the last time that I looked at it, and normally I would love a one-point spread, but I literally think this game could be a one-point game today. So good luck. Roll the dice. So uh, Wisconsin, a slight road favorite. Rest of the Big Ten this week, there is one matchup I mentioned that uh, there's two that have my eye aside from Iowa and Wisconsin uh, this week. Obviously the big one, Purdue at Illinois in the Big Ten West. Uh, Illinois, a six-and-a-half-point favorite against the Boilermakers. We talked about the standings uh, earlier in the podcast. Uh, the Illini, four and two. And seven and two overall. Purdue sitting at three and three and five and four. So the Illini not... They're in the driver's seat. Scott, I think you said this in the gym class earlier this week, Scott. They've got one hand on the steering wheel, maybe another finger, but there's still time to pry them out of out of the driver's seat. They win this week, though. It's going to be really hard. Yeah, unless, they still have to play Michigan unless but, Northwestern yeah. pulls off a real stunner, real stunner. 
<laughs> by by stunner, we mean stunner of stunners. Stunner of stunners. <laughs> Coming up hey, in the season. They covered finale. 38 last week against the Ohio <laughs> that's State. True, mm. That's true. Uh, yeah, which you talk about the weather having an impact on the game. Yeah. That one in Evanston did for sure last week. But Illinois Purdue, uh, that's, uh, that's uh, an early game. So if you want to watch that leading into Iowa, which is at 2 30 this week, you can check that out on ESPN2. I don't know if it's an indictment of Indiana versus Northwestern, but Indiana is actually a heavier underdog to Ohio State than Northwestern was last week. The Hoosiers, as of Thursday when we're recording this, a 40-point underdog to the Buckeyes. The Buckeyes have won 27 straight against the Hoosiers, and I think it's going to be 28. This is the the beauty pageant portion of the season for teams that are in the college football playoff, and I think that point spread reflects it. Yeah, and uh, boy, Indiana... How much that program has dropped since that opener last year against Iowa. Yeah. When they uh, just came in, uh, Penix wasn't healthy, mm-hmm. threw him out there, and it has been down the drain for Indiana. Just look back to the 20. I mean, they, they were the darlings of college, one of the darlings of college football in the, in the shortened uh, 2020 season. You know, they, they, they six games, seven games, got to a bowl game, and. Uh, they were in conversations until the Big Ten changed their rules to get into the Big Ten title game. Uh, and uh, now we're, here we are, six straight losses going on seven and 40-point underdogs uh, to the Buckeyes. Uh, Rutgers is at Michigan State. Sparty last week, guys, with that win over Illinois. Uh, kind of a surprise there. Uh, Sparty needs a couple more wins uh, to get to a, to a bowl game here. Rutgers uh, is a nine-point underdog uh, in East Lansing. You talk about beauty contest, Todd. Michigan taking on the Casey Thompson-list Nebraska Cornhuskers. Chubba Purdy and Logan Smothers. Choose your fighter. <laughs> <laughs> I go up against Michigan. Michigan, a 31-point favorite uh, there. That's a 2.30 start time on ABC. So if you really are uh, part of the Sickos committee, you can check that one out on ABC. Maryland-Penn State. I, think, I feel like that could be a sneaky, decent game. Maryland, like I said, looked a little bit off last week in the rain in Madison. Penn State, though, playing really well. They're a 10.5-point favorite. And then Minnesota going for seven wins as they are only an 18-point favorite against uh, the Wildcats of Northwestern up in the Twin Cities. Surprised, Anything, I'm surprised yeah. Minnesota's not playing Maryland this week because it's the last three weeks in a row Iowa has played somebody that's played Maryland. Oh, yeah. so <laughs> Yeah, Kirk pointed that out earlier yeah. this week. Yeah, you'd think they would, but it's uh, not how, not how I can are. I cannot believe Purdue... Is going to play back to back poor games. Illinois' defense is good, mm-hmm. but six and a half seems like a lot of points in that game. Yeah. Purdue, tell me, how do you figure them out? I, I just cannot believe Purdue's going to play another poor game. And I'm not going to, I'm not believing Illinois is going to play another poor game, too, though. Illinois, yeah. was, <laughs> Illinois was like one for six on fourth down conversions last week against Michigan State, so they were not uh, they were not good in that department. They outgained Spart- Sparty like two to one mm-hmm. in that game. had had all the offensive stats you want, but just couldn't get it done. Purdue uh, just gave up. Purdue just gave up two hundred yards to Caleb Johnson. I think if Illinois runs the ball yeah. on Saturday, I think they're going to. As we as we've said, they're in the driver's seat right now. They need to lose two out of three to not be in that position. As long as they run the ball against Purdue and, and keep Charlie Jones in check, I think Illinois is going to win the game. Very much an elimination day it Saturday. Is. Yep, between Iowa, Wisconsin, and, and uh, Illinois, Purdue. Yep. 
No doubt about it. We're going to get some clarity after all things are said and done this week in the Big Ten. Got two more podcasts to come for you. We'll be back, of course, next week against Minnesota. And we'll convene on the short week for the Black Friday game against Nebraska. We certainly hope you join us here on the podcast. Before we go, guys, we've got to do our predictions for the game. Iowa-Wisconsin at Kinnick Stadium. In the cold weather, what happens Saturday at Kinnick? What do you think? I'll make a prediction, but I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, there's so many different ways to go with this, but uh, both teams have a lot of momentum going. I just think the home crowd, the home environment, will will help Iowa. That defense, uh, you ride the defense, right? And both teams will. But I'm going to pick Iowa 16-13. Ooh, you were looking at my sheet. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. I think, uh, yeah, it's going to be a muffled crowd because uh, you're going to have hand clapping and gloves mm-hmm. for the first time this year. But I think they're just going to will it. They're going to will it. It's going to be low scoring. It's going to be ugly. I said 17-13. And Iowa hasn't lost a November game since 2019. Since losing right? to Wisconsin yeah. in 2019. Yeah. There's only one team in the country that has a longer winning streak in the month of November than Iowa. That's Notre Dame. Okay. Hmm. Notre Dame's won 17 straight November football games. 17-13 Iowa, but do not take that to the bank. Okay. Todd? I am going to channel my inner Bob Brooks, the late, great Bob Brooks here, and I'm going to predict an, a one-point Iowa victory. The Hawkeyes <laughs> are either going to win this game 13-12 to or they're going to lose it 14-13, to but I'm going to go with the 13-12 to Iowa prediction here. It makes me nervous that everybody's on the low-scoring side of things, but everybody was on the low-scoring side of things against Purdue last week, and that worked out, so keep an eye on that. Over under the total, sitting around 35 points here. I think it could be a, a favorable play. I wouldn't play either side if I were betting this game. I would I would stick to the total on this one, and I think it's going to come down to whichever team takes care of the football. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to make a mistake on Saturday, and that one mistake is, I think, going to cost the game for somebody. I used. I feel like I used reverse psychology last week. I said fourteen ten Purdue and Iowa ended up winning twenty four to three. So I'm going to do it again. Wisconsin wins fourteen to ten. I feel like Wisconsin's owned this series, uh, and much like uh, with Purdue last week, I said until Iowa can prove to me that they can go out and beat Wisconsin in a non COVID year. <laughs> <laughs> where there's no fans in the stands and Wisconsin looks the worst they have and God knows how long I'm going to take the Badgers. Uh, I think Wisconsin wins 14-10, to 10, so I'd like to congratulate the Hawkeyes on their 27-3 uh, win on Saturday <laughs> by reverse well, psychology. You, you just want to get Christmas presents when you go back to yeah, Wisconsin. Go back to Oshkosh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've got a lot of Badger fans on one side of the family. They're probably happy I said that. And There's one thing that we need to clear up because it was said at the top of the podcast today, and it's a the common misconception. Everybody refers to the Heartland Trophy as a bull. It was a bull. <laughs> Until the artist used the exacto knife to mm-hmm. remove to make it parts. a little more family friendly. Sure. Technically, mm-hmm. the Heartland Trophy is a steer. That's correct. <laughs> it is a steer trophy. Thank you. Bob Bowlesby. We have Bob Bowlesby to thank for the fact. We have Bob Bowlesby to thank for the fact that there aren't a big pair of you know what's <laughs> hanging off the back of that thing. 
Yeah, it's been fun, guys. <laughs> the FCC is going to shut us down. That's been that's been great. All right. Thanks to everybody for uh, watching or tuning in. We'll be back next week to preview the battle for the Floyd of Rosedale. For Scott and Mark and Todd and producer Ben, I'm Spencer. Thanks for joining us on the Before the Boom podcast. KGYM Sports Radio brings you the best in Iowa football pregame programming with the Before the Boom podcast. Listen to the podcast each week before Iowa takes the field. Available on the KGYN app or wherever you get your podcasts.